Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 67 of the Kill Your Internet Podcast presented by High Brew Coffee. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. Due to the current state of Corona, we are doing this you know, virtually. So uh, we've never had this many people on a Zoom before for an episode. But in the building today, we have Mr. James Ivine. Jimmy, how are we, buddy? What's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. Hi, James. Uh, we have Mr. Ken Bianco down here in the bottom left-hand corner. Ken, how are we, bud? Oh, I'm in my upper left, but I'm doing good in whatever, whatever corner dude. you see me in. Yeah, just fucking deal with whatever I tell you. <laughs> and then to my uh, bottom right, we have Mr. William Shade. Will, how are we doing, buddy? Thank you. Doing, doing well. Thank you was a weird response there. I said, I said, how you doing? You said, thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Well, it's just, you know, like, you know, I feel like people don't ask each other nowadays. So I just thank you for asking. You know, You're welcome. Someone, someone I, cares about I, I want to check up on the homies, make sure the homies. Are- <laughs> uh, yeah. So we always do this in the beginning. Now I want to go through a story to see whether or not, if you're a musician who's listening, if you're in the right place or not. So if you are a musician or a band, who has ever gotten the opportunity to open for a band that used to be really big but isn't anymore, and they treated you like absolute dog shit, you are in the right place. Hey. It's a very, very niche-specific Yeah, thing. No, 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 that's not true, because I think a lot of musicians have had this opportunity where they get to open for somebody, and then it turns out you don't want to meet them. Uh, I have already stated before the podcast started that I am not going to mention this band by name, but they had, like, two hits uh they're still kind of around if you listen to alternative radio some of their hits will just come on but uh we will just be referred to them as the 90s band so we got to open for said 90s band Uh, i think this was a couple years ago i'll even give you the fucking venue so if you want to do some research go ahead and knock your socks off dude uh but so we opened for them in philadelphia we just come off a tour run this was right after i split my fucking face open in in atlanta and uh, Uh. we had a big hometown show at the theater of living arts here in philadelphia opening for said 90s band uh and as you know musicians do we showed up for sound check you know in the normal capacity and we were loading our things in to where we were accosted by their crew to please leave because said 90s band wanted to be able to get their sound right and needed to be in complete and total peace yep i remember that i remember walking walking in it was just very awkward we like hung out in the back behind the soundboard yes for like an hour no we didn't well well you had your yo-yo right that was the yo-yo show oh that was the yo-yo show (laughs) i came through with the yo-yo i forget i had like found that the other day after like two years of it being in the same box and i was like you know what this is going to be my new like quarantine obsession (laughs) well no 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 like that that the day oh, of that oh. show i had just found it the day before and i was, I was like, gonna oh, say dog I'll... you you can't you can't be you and be a yo-yo guy you can't do that <laughs> no no like you know, I, I i flicked a yo-yo or two in my day but you know this was just like two years <laughs> after the equivalency of fucking being a hacky sack guy he's, he's the guy at the party <laughs> with the yo-yo walking the dog <laughs> You know, I kick it around, but you know, I couldn't possibly. Will's right. like, uh, Will's that kind of guy that if the yo-yo was at a party, and Will, they'd be like, Will, do the yo-yo thing. He'd be like, Oh, I couldn't possibly do it. Give me that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically Ron Burgundy at the fucking uh, jazz club when they ask him to play the flute. He's like, Oh no, I no, couldn't I'm unpre- possibly. I'm, I couldn't I'm unprepared. Possibly. All right, so back in this story but, but here. Who, who, who would have known that this would have been a perfect time to just do that for a bunch of time? Because we showed up on time. It was just a waiting game. We just yeah. didn't even know what was going on. 
Yeah, so basically, basically what happened was they asked us to not only not be in – they wanted us to stand outside. They basically so, wanted us to stand outside. They didn't yeah. basically want us to stand outside. They told us to stand the fuck outside, which, by the way, if you're a musician, you've been at a venue, you let the opener – or you let the headliners fucking sound check, and you wait in the green room and drink beers, whatever. They were like, no fucking green room. Don't stand by the board. Stand outside. They need to get their sound exactly right. By the way, said 90s band, chill the fuck out because it's not that big of a deal, bro. It ain't that deep. No. It's not that fucking deep. So there is a line forming on the street, and we as the openers are standing outside of the goddamn venue. I'm pacing back and forth because I'm, I'm fucking furious at this point. And it had been so fucking long. They had already been sound checking when we got there, and they took like an hour and some time fucking sound It checking. was insane. It was insane. We were back there for the longest amount of time. And we slowly worked away from outside to kind of the very entrance of the venue inside. Yep. Like yeah, behind, but still behind the board. But still so, yeah. behind the board. And they were just trampling all over any semblance of a sound and, check we were going to have. And I can, mean, which, okay, you can't at, go into it knowing, okay, as an opener, I'm going to get like a decent sound check. But still, it's like, yeah. it seemed like what they were working on, they weren't even playing different things to check things they were literally just it was the dude singing the entire it was also our home fucking town so we brought people out to that fucking show i remember that very specifically let me get back into the story here so said 90s band finally you know wraps up the marathon fucking sound check and we go on a sound check and i remember very vividly their road crew like giving us shit while we were loading on stage and they were audibly standing there with their arms crossed and then one of them erica ruiz First off, if you want to fuck with anybody, do not fuck with Erica because I yeah. lose my shit. And uh, they were like, hey, can you move faster or something like that? And I dropped what I had in my hands and I turned to the guy and I said, hey, motherfucker, your arm's broke. It's your fucking job. <laughs> Grab the shit. Put it over there. The fucking amps go here. Michael, you know what you're doing. What the fuck is wrong with you? The guys were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, literally. And then they were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. Like, let me grab the amp for you, sir. Like, please, do you mind if I change your tubes? Like, I was just like, all right, well, this is... We, we, when we were in there, there was like, they were checking and then, you know, some of them would leave, some of them would come back and then the singer would be in by himself and blah, blah, blah. But then they all left and we were like, what the hell's going on? And then the sound guys turned to us and they go, you want to load your shit up or what? That's what it was. And, and then yeah. it was like, and that was what, that was like, all right, here we fucking go. And it takes a lot for jerks. me to do a verbal argument with somebody. And when I, I literally, I just fucking yeah. snapped. You snapped. snapped. I never. Towards I, Erica. To where yeah. you do not disrespect Erica Ruiz. She is the fucking queen. Don't you ever raise your voice at Erica. And that's when I was like, <laughs> I just love the line. Yo, your fucking arms broke, dude. Grab something. Let's fucking go. I wonder and- if that tour just had bad vibes. Maybe said 90s band, the tour wasn't going great. And they just unloaded some of their shit onto us. Well, you picked the wrong motherfuckers well, to unload your shit onto. That's, yeah. that's, it's possible because the, the one thing, the one quote of the night, besides the one that you had, Colin, was one that came from the singer of this said band and it was during their sound check and you know this is a very large band like you said they have hits on the radio still and you know they're all on in-ear monitors not a wedge in sight on the entire stage they presumably have been on tour for a significant amount of time and you know should have their shit together when it comes to getting set up for sound by now and the 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 singer is just singing like the same lines over and over again and it's just like wow this is taking a really long time and then i hear the singer in into the microphone talking to his sound guy saying 
my onstage experience isn't where it needs to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's what he fucking said. I forgot that's what he fucking said. Holy and shit. I was like, experience isn't where it needs to be right now. Get the fuck out of here, dog. <laughs> uh, I miss when we, I, we, we played that venue before and we got to open for the Revivalists and they were cool as fuck. And literally their lead singer, I walked into a random room and he, along with other people, were smoking weed and eating Chinese food on top of the fucking uh, washing machine. So there's differences in experiences. Not that guy's on stage experience, but let me finish the story here. So we go on, pack venue. We have a lot of people at that day. We played a great set. I remember being lit up to go on stage and be like, we are going to clown these motherfuckers. And I remember at the end of the set, I jumped off Jimmy's drum set and I was on my back finishing up and the crowd was going crazy. And said lead singer of said 90s band was standing side stage and I pulled an ultimate hard move and I blew him a kiss. And then I just walked right past him as I walked off stage. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was definitely a major stump. Yeah, Will did not know that. I didn't know did that, that either. Yeah. yeah, I did that. That dude can... Huff my bird. I don't care. <laughs> I did that. And uh I don't Fuck think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna affect our career very much, Will, because said nineties band doesn't really have the juice to fucking do anything to me. But <laughs> no, I just moral of the story is you disrespect Erica Ruiz, you will catch these hands either through me dominating the show and blowing you a kiss, or we square up in the parking lot afterwards. I also so, remember Go ahead, Ken. I was just going to say, I, I hope, like, if they ever come back to Philly, they, they're, like, afraid to go down South Street like you're a school bully. They're like, oh, let's, let's take the long way. We can't, we can't go down that street. I'll eat the, I'll eat the white dog shit, Mr. Gardecki. <laughs> that, that guy in the tight black jeans and leather jacket's going to be there again. LA. You make me sound like a fucking greaser, like I got a switchblade in my pocket that's also a comb. <laughs> All right, yeah, so that's our story for today. You are in the right place if you've experienced anything like that. Uh, before we get into segments, I just wanted to say that whole story, and I've been writing a lot of these stories down, remind me of the fact that I miss shows so terribly, and I cannot wait to get back to work and get back to kicking some ass and playing shows. Mm-hmm. More than anything, it's the promise of what was supposed to be this year. I hope it just gets transported to 2021. There's a vaccine in sight. Everybody do your goddamn job. Do like we're doing. Do shit virtually so we don't have to wind up waiting another year on top of that. But I miss shows jamie that's a wonderful cat you have sitting on your arm right now <laughs> biting me <laughs> anyway uh, go ahead. all right yeah so so let's get into segments uh oh before that let's drop our guest for today we welcome back the powerhouse that is the music director for the mighty wmmr in philadelphia miss sarah parker comes on for a long conversation today about our top picks in 2020 as well as the state of rock and roll today she is a fucking g she is awesome i love sarah and i'm really glad that she's back she's a reoccurring guest who will be back again but uh that will be going on right after our segment section we will also list a few of our picks afterwards but we're going to start off today with the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet uh, i just wanted to start out by asking everybody a question how the fuck did the my pillow guy become the face of the republican party <laughs> did he what yeah you haven't seen any of this the- no. no that's new to me yeah right, once, so- his, once his business got like an f rating from the better business bureau he's <laughs> like all right the only the only way i'm gonna be able to keep my business afloat is to just hop on this like crazy conspiracy train and <laughs> access a whole new market where people are gonna buy my pillows just because i believe in donald trump <laughs> Hell yeah, 2020, give me that my pillow i'm gonna sleep with it every night so what happened was there was another one of those weird Trump march things in Washington this past weekend and basically the keynote speaker and the guy who was running this whole thing was the my pillow guy who by the way I think we can all agree he fucks those pillows like we have no doubt right every one of those pillows he has lain 
Like, there's no doubt. All right, so I digress. So the MyPillow guy is out here stumping for Trump, whatever. <laughs> and uh, there's this great video of Trump flying over the parade and the MyPillow guy He's in his fucking helicopter, and the MyPillow guy's like, look, you see him there? That's our president for the next four years. That's right. And, and I was like, who wants to tap the MyPillow guy on the shoulder and be like, yo, dog, <laughs> I think you got things twisted here. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I, all I will say is the only reason I brought this up is how many people do you think that, that Trump called before the MyPillow guy to be like, please come out and campaign for me? And he went down the list and on, on, like, on like the 49th page. Like, this is fucking Pornhub. He's on here like, oh. The my pillow guy, I'll call him, and the my pillow guy's like, I didn't, I guess I'm in, like whatever. And so I can sell some pillows off of this, but that was the first thing I saw over the the weekend that I was like, what in the holy fuck is going on in the world? Support supporting evidence to make the my pillow guy even more of a shitty person. He paid a large portion of Kyle Rittenhouse's bail. What the fuck? What kind of business plan is this guy running over here? His pillows, his pillows can't be that good, can they? They're not good enough to no, overcome any of this bullshit. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never had a my pillow before, but I can guarantee you, after formulating in my mind that he has sex with all of them, there's no way I'm ever buying one because that's just too much for me to handle. Uh, I'm gonna move on to the next thing here. Have you guys seen what's going on with Dave Grohl? Dave Grohl's doing for Hanukkah. So Dave Grohl and a producer, his name is Greg Kirsten. They are doing a two-man live stream for all of the eight nights of Hanukkah, and they're, do- they're redoing songs live done by Jewish artists, which I think is fucking super badass. Oh, that's cool. cool. Super badass. And it's really fun. Like, the, the whole lead-up to it, the dude, uh, Greg Kirsten, was like, hi, I'm Greg Kirsten, and I'm Jewish. And Dave Grohl was like, I'm Dave Grohl, and I'm not. But we're going to do this live stream uh, event for the eight nights of Hanukkah. Great idea. Fucking outstanding idea. And if Dave Grohl's involved, I'm instantaneously in. The right. first night, they did Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. For two people, they did an absolutely unbelievable job. And Dave Grohl had, like, basically had his voice pitched up to where he sounded exactly like the Beastie Boys. And it was so fucking cool. <laughs> but I bring this up because, Jimmy, this is a shout-out to you, and I want your experience on this. Midway through this live stream that's going out to everybody, Dave Grohl dropped a stick. And he just kept going, but, it, like, the camera's on him, and he's, like, rapping, and he's, like, he's got the mic here, and he's, like, can't stand it. You know what? He's, like, reaching for the <laughs> stick, and he's, like, trying to get it. And it was, like, a minute and 30 seconds where he didn't have a stick and never missed a beat. Yeah. And it was like in perfect time. Jimmy, what is that feeling like on stage when you drop a stick? Absolute panic. Absolute <laughs> fear inducing. <laughs> Holy fuck, how am I going to get through this panic? The, the, like breaking a stick isn't as bad because you still have some fucking wood there. There's still some meat. Yeah, you so have you a blunt hit, object you in can, your hand. Yeah, yeah, you can hit something and noise is going to come out. It's not going to be lovely. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the most precise, but I'm not playing choir. Here. I'm not playing <laughs> Tiffany. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing like in a rock and roll band, so it doesn't really matter. But like when you lose a stick, when you lose one of your arms, it's like trying to play guitar when uh, the strap breaks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Which is like, horrifying. You're like, oh, shh, what do I do now? Like, and then you try and like fake it. You're like, he, he, he. I have a really specific <laughs> memory, and this was the North Star Bar. It was one of our first shows, Ken. I was way too drunk to be on stage. 
like way too drunk to be on stage and in like a fun way like we were having a great time and it was like those early <laughs> super super early days and i remember after the show my mom saying to me she was like colin you were way too drunk to be on stage and i was like fuck you mom i did great it was it was the end of the set and it was like the last song and it was sweet songs and i'm playing the strap it's an open tuning and i put both my arms out and like uh like i was like the the statue in fucking uh uh, Brazil, that's like the Jesus statue in Brazil with his arms out wide open, and uh, all of a sudden, both ends of my strap come off, and the guitar is plugged in on, and it just hits the ground. You just hear like, <laughs> and I picked it up, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Will, when, yeah, Will, when you're when you're on stage and you having to swallow your reed, does that ever happen? <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen to you?" No, I've I have never swallowed a reed in my day. No, actually, sometimes. <laughs> um there's if like i'm playing up against in like the sax is kind of like anywhere near like one of my belt loops mm. one of the keys might actually get like hooked onto it Ooh. or i my thumb might actually catch it and like so it's like i can't get to the mic quickly enough uh, your pants um, rip off <laughs> i was gonna say will what do you do when someone poops in the bell of your saxophone <laughs> actually there, there, there was one time there was one time where i think i played a, the better part of a show thinking like what the hell is wrong with my saxophone like <laughs> what is going on like any low note i just like it just won't sound like I, it, nothing, there was nothing too much poop out. in it what is going on <laughs> no, so so i keep i keep like my reads in this sort of like uh red like cushy pouch and i store it in the bell when it's in its case and so when i take it out oh. i have to take it out of, of the bell and i just didn't do that because oh. there was all i already had a read on the mouthpiece at the time and so like um i was like what and i literally reach into the bell and i just pull it out and then all of a sudden it's just like it's magic <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like yeah one time we lost our family ferret and i uh, was in the middle of a show and i was like well, why won't any noise come on i reached in and, and then furry was in there i couldn't help it he's dead uh so let's move on to our last thing in the wildest shit Yikes. uh there have been two major hall of fame stars that have sold their publishing rights over the past week for humongous sums of money to the same group, the Universal Music Group. Lil oh, Wayne wow. and Bob Dylan have sold their entire catalogs to Universal Music Group. Lil I didn't, Wayne, know, Lil, I didn't know Lil Wayne did it. I knew, I knew about I knew Bob, Bob Dylan. Well, Lil Wayne Dylan. did it Lil Wayne did it during the summer and it just became public after the Bob Dylan news. Bob Dylan, it's reporting, is getting somewhere around $300 million, which, by the way, if you're Bob Dylan, you're in your 70s, maybe 80s at this point, go have a great time. What's the fucking difference? Obviously, yeah. if you have children, maybe that's something you think about, but if you're not worried about your pro progeny, then go ahead, sell your rights. Lil right. Wayne is 38 and just sold all the rights to his music for $100 million. Now, he is in some sticky legal situations right now. He just pleaded guilty to federal weapons charges, and he previously went to jail for, for federal weapons charges. I just want to say, first off, all thoughts and prayers go out to Wheezy. You're an all-time great. Thank you for everything you've done. I hope everything goes well. But the question yeah. here is, if we ever had the opportunity down the line, would you do it? Would you ever, like, take that leap to say, like, here, own all my shit forever? I mean, if well, – if I was if, if if I was in my twilight years, if I was in the ninth inning like Bob Dylan is, obviously that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean it's it's something that you can, you know, 
His, he's got grandchildren, I'm sure. So like, he does he though? Him. Oh, he. I was gonna ask if he has children. Jacob Dylan. What the fuck am I talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Dylan somewhere just pounding the ceiling real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From some other '90s band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Wallflowers. Here's what I will say too. Um, people have asked me because I brought this up to somebody else. Why does it even matter? Why would Universal spend that much money on a fucking group of songs? the sync licensing forever and the way they can license these songs out for eternity. You're talking about blowing in the wind, like a rolling stone hurricane fucking uh, uh, yeah. times are a changing. Like, yeah. They're going to make uh, money off these motherfuckers. A milli. Like, ever. Yeah. So like, basically I, if I like, if I'm in either position, I'm doing the deal. If I'm Bob Dylan, I'm taking it. And if I'm universal, I'm buying it because it, as Bob Dylan, it's like you you have the rights to all your songs. You've been, you know, cake and off it forever. You, you've been you've been owning that for your entire life. Now, since you know, you're getting to the end, you know, you know about like uh, you know, estates of other famous yep. artists who have passed, you know, like the Marvin and Gaye and the like Marvin Prince estate, and like all these people estate, like so many different estates and it's like if I'm Bob Dylan, it's like I can make you know, $300 million right now and be set and have my entire lineage set for generations. Yeah. And also not have to put them through the legal hassle of the, like, right. Every know, time somebody does something semi reminiscent of Marvin Gaye, that you got to sue them to get the, you know what I mean? So I yeah, get it. And, and like, you're, you're, you're basically like assigning an entire like business to your catalog and your family and your estate need yeah. to be the one to do that. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to save them the hassle. I'm going to make $300 million. And then if I'm universal, I, I pay $300 million. I'm making my money back and then some, because okay. then I own the rights to all of this music up until 70 years after Bob Dylan dies. I and will guarantee Dylan, you. And when Bob Dylan dies. Oh, they're going to waste the shit make, out of everything. Oh all in two seconds. Yeah. It's it's, I was just going to say, I it's guarantee going to be you. insane. I guarantee you in the next like two years, every commercial, every movie will have a Bob Dylan song in it because Universal is just plugging it through their fucking system yeah. and they're just going to mm -hmm. keep it pumping. I will say though, before we move on to something else, tell me Bob Dylan doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would get that money and then light it on fire to prove something to the man. He'd just be like, <laughs> this is what I think about your money. He, just fucking throw he didn't go to his own Nobel speech. He's a Nobel Prize laureate event. He was like, fuck you guys, I'm Bob Dylan. Cool yeah, plus Bob Dylan probably has so much money already in the bank just to yeah. get 300 mil on top of that. Like and Will said, you save the legal trouble down the road. Why not? He, he also seems like the kind of guy that would have his money buried with him. Like, I don't know, just as like a fuck you to somebody down the line. He's just like, money comes with me. All right, yeah, so that was the wildest shit that we've seen on the net. Oh, and then one more thing. I'm just going to throw this at the very end. Rest in peace, Tommy Lister, Debo from Friday. Friday helped shape my sense of humor as a kid. We watch Friday and next Friday constantly. Debo is the ultimate movie villain, the ultimate like movie bully. I don't want to say villain, but he's a bully and he's fucking hilarious. And Debo is forever the goat. So also he was uh, in the uh, chameleonaire video for Roland. He was the cop in the Roland video. They see me rolling. <laughs> Great turn by Debo. Uh, so rest in peace, Tommy Lister. Uh, let's move on to our what the fuck we've been listening to segment. I'll go, then Jimmy, then Ken, then Will. We got two each. We'll move quickly through this. Uh, my first one, King Von, rest in peace, just passed away. Amazingly talented young artist from Chicago. I picked the song Crazy Story, uh, and I will say that the first time I heard this song was on the radio. It shouldn't have been on the radio, by the way. It's a very explicit song. Great storytelling. 
I actually pulled my car over and listened to the whole thing because it was that fucking wild. And uh, I just wanted to say rest in peace to King Von. So that's my first pick. Jimmy, your first pick? Well, happy holidays, everybody. Tis the season. So my, my, uh, my uh, category corner is going to have a little bit of Christmas music. I'm going to say Christmas covers that are absolute rock and roll bangers. Ooh. And the first one is going to be um, The Bells by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That is just... Hell yeah. If you want to talk about bringing electric guitars into something that fucking deserves it, damn. They, like at the very end, it's just like, I can't think of anything else other than Dwight Schrute at that point when he brings in the boombox. Oh, yeah. And he goes, now, this <laughs> is Christmas. And then he turns it on <laughs> and they all air guitar to it. Jimmy, that's a, have you ever seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra live? No, I would love to. My what? first concert, oh, my first really? concert was TSO at the Wells Fargo's <laughs> or at the Spectrum. Yeah, that is. it was wild. They had a separate stage in the middle that was on wires and like or on like a, a whole like pulley system. So that while playing the Carol the Bells guitar solo, the guitarist runs down this catwalk to this in this like tiny little stage platform in the middle of the of the freaking Wells Fargo. Dog, how the fuck are they caking like this? He hooks himself. He's he's got a harness on. He hooks himself up to it. And then the stage starts lifting. And it's going (laughs) up, up, up. And he's just like melting people's faces. And I'm I'm also (laughs) nine years old. Okay, I'm nine years old. And I'm watching this guitar. He's melting faces, rising up. And lasers are shooting outside of the stage. I walked in. Epilepsy warning, thank you very much. They they had those on the doors when I was walking in. And I was like, this is so crazy. I can't believe this is my first concert. I'm nine years old. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he thinks of everything in the moment of like, oh my God. I am nine. <laughs> I think Will got his first boner at a fucking Trans-Siberian race. <laughs> uh, Ken, go with your first pick. My first pick. So I listened to the um, new Miley Cyrus album. Plastic awesome. Cars. Awesome album. Definitely recommend it. Um, the first song on the album, um, What the Fuck Do I Know? It's just like awesome. such a straight up classic rock like banger. You can see like the Joan Jett influence and everything. Highly recommend it. I, uh, we talk about that later in the interview with Sarah Parker, but I give a lot of credit to Miley Cyrus. It's a fucking really cool album, and she did a great job. She deserves the credit. Yeah, uh, Will Shade, your first pick. Uh, this one is a, is a little different than uh, you know the kind of stuff I typically listen to. Um, this is Bad Bunny. Uh, Bad Bunny featured from the last Super Bowl performance. Um, he made a small cameo, but he's a reggaeton artist uh, from Puerto Rico, and he released uh, a new album, uh, only a few weeks ago, and the song is called Yo Visto I See. It's the whole album's in Spanish, but this is like reggaeton, but mixed with like pop punk. And like Ooh, it starts out with nice. these like ridiculous guitars and real drums, but then it morphs into like this more like you know di- digital beat with like program drums. But like it, it kind of like you know connects the the two like the reggaeton and the the punk rock. It's, it's Dude, a crazy he was, he was the highest, melding like, of genres, but it works. He was the highest streaming artist of the year last year. It, Correct. Uh, Latin music, specifically reggaeton and all the trap stuff that's going on with that is huge right now. Him, J Balvin, uh, everybody in that in mm-hmm. that category, they are just fucking okay, taking over shit. Well, yeah, yeah, and you have to think about too, just the amount of people that speak Spanish in the world. Those guys are fucking killing it right now. So, shouts out to those guys. Shouts out to Bad Bunny. His song "MIA" with Drake is also really hot. So, I want to point that out. Mm. A great pick, Will. Uh, my last pick will be "Level" by the Rack and Tours. I still think 
that the first Tours album is probably my favorite show banging of all time uh, i was listening to uh dead weather today and i've been on a big white stripes kick but Tours, shouts out joe costa those are his boys uh, i picked level the guitar work on this fucking song is unbelievable it's very trippy but just that whole record broken boy soldier fucking hands i love hanging hands. And then Blue Veins ends the record. It's unbelievable. If you're not into the Raconteurs, you need that's to go and good. listen to that first Raconteurs album. So that's my pick. Uh, Jimmy, your second pick? All right. Keeping in theme with the Christmas time. Uh, my next rocking Christmas song is uh, it's Little Drummer Boy by of, <laughs> of King and Country, they're called. They do a cover of Little Drummer Boy, and it is fat. Dude, it is balling. I will have we all have to put it up because people are blank stares. I feel like Angela Ken, in the office Ken, right now. Well, yeah, Ken, you he, obviously Jimmy didn't listen to last week's episode. That was my number two most hated Christmas song of all time. Oh, really? Well, that's what I'm but that, but did you hear that version? Doesn't I'm matter. intrigued to listen to grow the version. Up. Grow up doesn't matter. <laughs> grow up. You showed me this before, by the way. Yeah, it must be good though. It's got to be good. Like if like if if you could take such- Little Drummer Boy, it's such a bad song. It's such a bad song, but it if you take little so, like, drum the point, fact the fact that you're good. mentioning it, Something's the fact there. that you're mentioning it makes me think that it's that it's even better because like if in order to make that song a like a smash rock like hit like you're saying, it's gonna take a lot and yeah. it's, I don't know. The I, only I way I'm listening to that song is if Young Jeezy does it. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Will. <laughs> That's the only yeah. uh, all right, Ken, go for your last one. My last one, kind of going off the story earlier, I was driving back from the shore today and I had on like a 90s rock band Spotify playlist. <laughs> um, not the band that we played with, but um, How Far We've Come by Matchbox 20. Banger. I love Matchbox Such 20. A, it came on and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I Rob Thomas is a man. Rob Rob Thomas. Th- Wait, was it, it was Eric who got in an argument with me that Rob Thomas sucks. And I love Matchbox 20. I love Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas is pretty good. He'll be he'll be selling his songs maybe in the future for his estate if he wants just, to just, make a quick just smooth. <laughs> yeah, just for the song he did with Carlos Santana. <laughs> he's the goat right there. there yeah, exactly. All right, William, go with your last one. Forever a meme. Uh, okay, so my pick is uh, <laughs> Leanne Lahava's um, released new album, self-titled album this year. Uh, just so consistent, such a good vocal performance. Uh, just like. And this this latest album is just more of the same. It's just really great, like vibes, soulful. And so I just went with the last song on the record. It's called Bittersweet. It's just a great album, and this is just like the perfect last song. Dude, that was uh, that was one Bruce Warren uh, put me onto her when we were on the podcast when we were doing the Bruce Springsteen episode, and he told me to listen, and then I did. And I'm really glad you brought it back up because that's a really fucking great record. So good pick, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, great job for the first half of the podcast. We are going to head in now to our interview with Sarah Parker. Before we do, uh, I'd like to shout out sponsors, High Brew Coffee, 10% off all online orders of promo code Foxtrot. Also, grab it at Wawa like we've been telling you. But while you're at Wawa, you got to go head up our friends at Body Armor. They sent us a bunch of product recently. Delicious. It's always our after show drink. This is before we were talking to them. Uh, as Eric likes to say, he smashes two over his head after every single performance. It's fucking delicious. Uh, way less sugar way less filling than gatorade fuck gatorade all the homies hate gatorade uh we are going we are a body armor podcast so shouts out the body armor shouts out the high brew coffee we now welcome on the wonderful miss sarah parker yeah! how you feeling ah! you feel all right? 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guest for today's Kill Your Internet podcast is a returning guest. It's our friend, the music director over at the Mighty WMMR in Philadelphia, Miss Sarah Parker. How are we today? Oh, I'm so great now that I'm speaking with you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, you're in a new room, obviously. You got more CDs than I've ever seen in my entire life behind you. I have a lot. What you need? I've got uh, here, uh, What do you got? Blindly, I'm going to blindly pick from behind me. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, there you go. It was just his birthday. Uh, Blizzard of Oz and just say Ozzy. I don't even know this one. I have something I have to confess. We did a countdown of our, uh, it was like a list of the songs that you hear on the radio all the time that you don't understand why people like them. And oh, I need to listen to this because I heard you tease it and I haven't gotten around to listening to that episode yet. Please, do tell. I will, I will give you my, the one that started it for me was uh, No Rain by Blind Melon. I hate that song. I have no what? idea why. Oh. oh, I hate it. I hate it. Snaps. And my second one was Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. I have, since I was a kid, I have no idea why. I have no idea why. If it comes on the radio, click, I turn it off. It's, I can't. Really? I, and Randy Rhodes is a great guitar player. Ozzy's obviously the fucking man. I just can't do it. I have no idea why. Is it, have you always been just over it or did you just hear it so many times and it became overkill? Because I can be. understand if it was beat to death, but That's if you just needed it that song from the jump, we need to maybe send you to the doctor. It, it might it might just be the fact that from a young age it was always on for me. So like I just I just like it drove me nuts. But now it's to the point where I'm like, oh my god, anything but that, please. I know this song like the back of my hand. Also, we covered this in the episode. It was the song that the Patriots ran out to during the Super Bowl <laughs> when we won. So like I'll always have that burnt into my memory. But I digress. Gotcha. Let's get past and, that. Well, yeah. Also, um, the Osbournes were a big thing when you and I were young. So that yep. was everywhere in our formative years. So exactly. I can see that. Uh, I'm gonna work on that though. I'm gonna like sneak it into your. You're just gonna text me like random <laughs> hours of the day just that song and a blast in my phone. Yep. Uh, we talked to you earlier during quarantine, and we covered a lot just about what was going on in the world. Uh, little did we know we would still be here like probably like four months later. Uh, how are you handling everything right now? Are you all right? Everything going well? Everything's great. Uh, st MMR still going strong. Um, trying to sort of run down uh, the <laughs> best of 2020. I know that it wasn't the best year, but good things did happen. So there was good music. On, yeah, there was great music. So we're reflecting on that. We're looking at the events that we were able to do, such as Camp Out for Hunger um, a few weeks ago. We raised a ton of food, a ton of money for Phil Abundance, which is an organization here in Philadelphia. Camp Out for Hunger is the largest single sponsor food drive in the country. So uh, the bar was set pretty high, but with we're not able to interact with people. So it's like, how do we ask people to come out and bring donations without putting them in danger? Long story short, we were able to do a contactless drive-through drop-off. We were emphasizing monetary donations online, and we were able to raise... I think the monetary total was $1.7 million, and then the food total was 2.6 million pounds, which is mind-blowing in a year where so many people have so little. Yeah. But it's this community, man. It's Philly. It's MMR. <laughs> MMR does more. <laughs> I don't than, know about that. It's, a, okay. it's amazing to me what MMR put together, because I was going to comment right away on the Camp Out for Hunger. Just a great job. You guys do a great job between that, the Cardboard Classic. You guys brand very well, and you also do great things for the community. So shouts out to that. Thank you for helping families in need. But more than anything, the fact that you guys were able to, one, get people on board. I know you guys had a lot of celebrities involved through either calling in or doing things like that. But million dollars, two million pounds, it's unfucking believable. Congratulations. Yeah. And I also have to make sure to give credit to, because it's 
definitely turned into an MMR thing over the years, but it started as Preston and Steve's camp. Out right, of course. And they've got all the connections, the clients uh, who make the big, big donations really come through for them. And they were able to try, and I had a hand in helping book some of these uh, interviews over Zoom. So John Bon Jovi zoomed in and they were able to talk to him, quote unquote, face to face. Yeah without actually being in the same room so we kept it safe but still brought people in we were talking to uh, nothing but thieves who are in the uk and they Good performed dudes. a song live on the air through zoom Ooh. like mind-blowing so, so now we're had, hoping that next had, uh, year it'll be like in person but we can incorporate the zoom stuff as well you had jenna fisher and angela kinsley from the office as well which i'm a diehard office fan and to, oh, have, nice. the, to have them on there i was excited about that one so yeah that was you good. guys did an unreal job and uh uh, this was a question that I posed to other radio DJs as well, but being that you're the music director, here's something that was very interesting to me. As quarantine has rolled on, have you guys seen yourself receiving more music from artists and labels, or are you receiving less, or is it kind of the same? Over the summer, it was pretty dead. A lot of the new music I got was cover songs because right. bands wanted to hold on to their new material until they could tour behind it and promote it. Uh, and that was a little frustrating because I never want certain songs to burn out, but I can't replace them until I get the new songs to put in. Exactly. Uh, but we were able to make it work. And now uh, I think there's some optimism with the vaccine. Uh, concerts aren't right around the corner, let's be real, right. but they're on the distant horizon, shall we say. Somewhere so like the, in 2021. The Foo Fighters announced uh, their album and we're playing a new oh. song. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Dude, I'm excited. I've been on such a Foo Fighters kick. I can't yep. explain it. Uh, this once again, we're we're about. You don't to have to, man. It's the Foo Fighters, dude. Fuck, like first wasting <laughs> wasting light. The record that they did in the garage with Butch Vig yeah. is one of my favorite fucking records of all time. But in your honor was like I don't know, like sixth grade for me, and that warped my little Northeast Philly brain. In fucking, <laughs> I will forever love Dave Grohl for that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yep. Um, there's a record you sent me, or it was a single you sent me like two days ago from a band called Cleopatra who I fucking love. They just dropped another single today. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. I'm going to write that down. Uh, and we interviewed friends of theirs last week. They're called Zig Mentality. Uh, they're all part of this thing in Canada called New Rock Mafia. And uh, so there is good rock music that I believe is truly about to hit the mainstream. And one of the things before we get into our main segment I wanted to go over was, if you're like me, I'm reading the tea leaves of what's going on in pop music right now between Miley Silas, Cyrus dropping a rock album, which actually was pretty fucking cool. If you haven't checked that out, I would check that um, out. It's kind of my favorite thing right now. Right? <laughs> it's a, she, I was going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up, but you brought it up. So, she got yeah. Billy Idol and Joan Jett to come on, which I thought was pretty badass. It sounds great. And then something that wasn't my favorite, but it was a good thing for the genre, was the Machine Gun Kelly album, The Tickets I to My think. Downfall. I still think that was a cash grab for a record label. And I thought like I will die on that hill, whatever. But um, if you see pop music starting to refilter back through rock and roll, I really think you're about to watch something in 2021 happen where it takes the fuck over. And I, I, this might just be a rock musician saying this, but I feel really good about where we're heading. No, I've been thinking about uh, a similar sentiment seeing uh, and Post Malone as well. He's not a rock musician, but he's definitely a rock fan. And the he, Nirvana live stream yeah. that he did was awesome. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite live streams of the year. And he's worked with Ozzy Osbourne. So uh, he definitely has that rock and roll soul. I think there's something about the guitar and how it phases in and out of not only the music, but the artist image. Like there's definitely some badassery attached oh, to yeah. that. 
And I think that's having a bit of a moment right now. I hope that moment lasts because it is good for rock. The other side of that coin is you get like aggro knuckle draggers and hardcore metalheads who think they exactly. know everything who are saying that's not rock. Well, actually, rock can be whatever you want it to be. It exactly. just has to have a certain attitude to it. So if Miley Cyrus wants to put out a rock record, you know what? Go for it. And if that also, I listen to like super heavy metal. We'll get into some of my favorites of the year in a moment, like really crunchy, disgusting stuff. So you know, I kind of get where people who listen to heavier music are coming from when they hear something that's that light, it's like easy listening to them. Yep, but yep. it's, you have to remember that rock covers a lot of sounds. It reminds me of how people who were like, I always say like the, the old heads who were like, football's gotten so soft, like football's not really even like a, <laughs> yeah. like a man's game anymore. Things change and you need to be willing to accept the fact that it's not exactly what you remember, but Things go in cycles. Things change over time. Also, I do find it funny that like the same people will go back to like and and reference like hair metal and then say like that's the real rock and roll, which at the time people were like, this isn't rock and roll, like yeah. rock and roll. There's <laughs> always going to be people who want to harken back to what they remember as being a certain thing. I'm excited for some changes. And but I really do think like to me, and this is something that like I don't know would anger certain listeners to certain radio stations which i won't mention but like i don't i don't like greta van fleet oh really oh, i boy. don't because i've always taken it as it's a record label's attempt to grab listeners who really love something that people remember it's kind of a nostalgia grab to me i think they're super talented but even like you see them performing on late night recently and they're wearing like the freddie mercury full body suits and yeah. it's like oh. i was seeing like some cheap trick in That's that. what I'm, but it's more like but cheap trick was cheap trick like they, like you have rick nielsen over here wearing like a checkered hat and playing nine neck guitars like there's yeah. something original in that like to me, like, I see something like Miley Cyrus. That seemed original to me. I was actually really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, same. And it's, um, this is a much larger discussion that we could have another time because I feel like we could talk about it for hours. But it's Easily. like, where is the line between being influenced by something and copying something? And I think that's what divides a lot of people with Greta Absolutely. Van Fleet. They feel like it is a blatant Led Zeppelin ripoff. I will admit there are some songs that are, very zeppelin heavy <laughs> highway tune starts with the scream from the whole whale yeah the robert plant whale um but i think they've come into their own i've also met them a couple times and mm -hmm. they're like really excited about the future and they're about to put out this new album that i'm hoping has um a bit more variety in their sound so i yeah. think this next record is really going to chart the course for them we'll, well see I mean, how it sounds i don't know these guys and from it, you know what I mean? So to me, like, I could be totally wrong on here. This is just my impression as someone who's had experience within the industry. So I, I look at everything with this kind of like grain of salt. Yeah. And you're but, allowed to not like. No, it, it, <laughs> me, this is one of the only dividing points in our band because I am not a fan. Eric, our other guitar player who happens to be my cousin, loves them. So oh, yeah. me and him will go at each other in the studio about this, which whatever, it is what it is. But th th there are certain bands, like uh, we've brought them up before, but Royal Blood, to me, I get excited about. Like, I, like there, there is still so much shit. The Foo Fighters, shame, shame. I love that. And I love the fact that they're doing something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But other than that, bands like Cleopatric, bands like Zig Mentality, there is, and by the way, if you're not up on this band from Canada, oh my God, they're called the Dirty Nil. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Yeah. I fucking love the Dirty Nil. They're a lot but of like, fun. There's a lot of good rock music coming out. Not to mention the fact that if you look at, and this is also going to go into our larger conversation, the rock and alternative genres this year were dominated by women. If yeah. you look at the nominations, oh, yeah. you got Fiona Apple, you got Phoebe Bridgers, you have Brittany Howard, who to me is like the gold standard right now for from the Alabama Shakes, of course. I love Brittany Howard. Mm-hmm. To me, rock and roll might not be what you necessarily remember, but it is happening, and it's more inclusive and more all over the place than ever. So there's just more shit to play with. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. So, I am too. With the mention of those other names, it's time to dive into why we're all here. Let's talk about albums of the year for 2020. I thought the only person that could do this would be Sarah. We both have long lists. And so what we're going to do is go tick for tat. And if we happen to run into one that are on the same ground, so if we both pick the same one, let us know. We'll throw that out. We'll have the conversation right there. But uh, I'm going to let you start. Go Go for one for you. Well, I'll start by saying mine leans very rock. I did like uh, a few uh, hip hop and pop albums, but oh, cool. as far as like my best of list, I focused on rock and metal for this. And I also, um, by the way, I'm going to publish uh, a list. This is sort of the draft of list. So I think talking it out with you is going to help me rank these oh, cool. right now. But if you check WMR.com, I think by the time this podcast goes up, that'll be there. Or you can follow me on socials, radio underscore Sarah to get, uh, cause I know you're all clamoring. You have to do for- it the things that I like. So (laughs) (laughs) you can get the definitive list. But here, we're going to hash it out right now. I broke this up into uh, several different categories, metal, rock, and Philly. Oh. So I'll start, but you tell me which category I should just pluck something from, and then we'll just go. All right. Give me one in the metal category. Metal. Code orange. I knew you were going there. (laughs) I'm so predictable. I know, but code orange. And I still need to hit up um your buddy will yeah i know he produced that album it's grammy i forget if the uh album or the song excuse me is nominated the album is nominated for metal performance of the year i believe yeah and it should be holy shit it's the fucking best i'm obsessed with code orange they have kept me sane through 2020 it's certainly not everyone's cup of tea it can be very chaotic music it's insane but it's smart music yes it is absolutely that was part of what i talked to will about because when we were talking about uh, I was giving him love because he did the Menzingers record last year. Called, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the one this year was From Exile, and the one last year was Hello, Exile. Yeah. And I was saying to him, like, how do you do that and then go do Code Orange? And because and I, I was like, Code Orange is so fucking in your face. And he was like, yeah, but there is some popcorn. Like, there is structure there, and the yeah. choruses are huge. And I went back and listened to it. And I was like, Sarah Parker was right about this. This album's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is. And uh, Code Orange also did some of my favorite streams of the year. Oh, sweet. Uh, they did three really well-produced um, large-scale live streams that were so inspiring. So I could talk about them forever, but that is definitely at the top of my metal albums list for 2020. Beautiful. Great great way to start. And I knew that's where we were starting. So that's a great <laughs> way. It's Underneath is the name of the album, by the way. I don't know if I said that fucking great record uh i'm gonna go with a grammy nominee for my first uh she was nominated all over the place i truly believe that this is the best album of the year in any genre uh fetch the bowl cutters by fiona apple i knew you were gonna say that no don't like it oh i love it so much and i i really think you have to like give it i actually got to watch a live stream of her doing it live with a three-piece band i didn't know she played the piano the whole time while she sang 
it's from a different planet. To me, it's like you needed, I needed to give it time. It's, I, I was texting with somebody the other day and they were like, this is not an album that you can just put in the car, like put on in the car and just ride to. Like, it's not like a fucking, like it's not an easy listen. Okay. There's so much shit in this album that like, there's this one reoccurring piano line that appears on almost every song in the background. It's so fucking good. I love Maybe- it. I guess I just need to be in a different mindset because mm-hmm. I gave it a once through all the way through. Yeah. And I don't know. It, maybe it was because it was so hyped. It's been yeah. a while since her last album, I think. And that was part of the excitement for this one. So then when I finally got around to listening to it, I was like, it's fine. I was never a massive Fiona Apple fan to begin with, but I wanted to give it a chance. Now you saying that, and also I've gone through a few of the best of 2020 lists that have been mm. published already, like Rolling Stone and stuff. This album, this Fiona Apple album is near the top of every single one. So I'm thinking that maybe I'm, I'm the one who's in the wrong, just like you're Jenner, wrong about Crazy Train. That's I'm what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So no, the, And the thing is too, like usually if I see something gets a really high score on like a pitchfork or a spin rating, I'm usually like, ah, it's some hipster shit, whatever. And then I go listen to it, and I'm, this one specifically, mm-hmm. and I don't know why this one got me. It really, like, it is fun every once in a while to be in on the hipster thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you get it. And this one, I think I fucking got. But more than <laughs> anything, I just really dug. It reminded me of, like, the structure kind of, of like, Yeezus by Kanye West to where, like, you first time you listen to that, you're like, this is dog shit. Like, this is, where, what was he doing? because the, it's just kind of avant-garde it splits it's fucking all over the place but then you listen to it again and you listen with the intention of trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and you're like whoa this person's 20 years in the future i have no idea where i am so i just want to give a shout out to her that was an amazing album i'll, I'll go back and listen to it and then report back beautiful give me your second pick i'll, I'll move to my rock list where cool. do i want to go on my rock list all right a song that we've been playing a lot on MMR is uh, by Larkin Poe. It's Ooh. called Holy Ghost Fire. It's from an album called Self Made Man. These are two sisters from Atlanta, Georgia, and it's uh, roots rock. Hell yeah. Uh, I think with the music that you make, you would really enjoy it. And, I know that uh, name. I never listened to their music, though. Larkin Poe, Self Made Man is the album, and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, Sweet. if you like that rootsy Americana vibe, that's oh, yeah. them. The blues, they love the blues. Yeah, I've been on a weird blues kick lately. I just a lot of Gary Clark Jr. Just I, I love Gary, but that's just a whole yeah. other conversation. So Larkin Poe, I'll check that out. I'll make sure to make that like one of the things that I link after this. Uh, I'm going in the opposite direction. Uh, okay. I'm going for my favorite hip hop album of the year. Uh, Run the Jewels Four, RTJ yes. Four. Uh, by the way, they just did a remix of one of the songs off the album with Royal Blood. Royal Blood. No kidding. Yeah, Royal Blood redid the instrumental to the ground below. And when I saw that drop, my head exploded because those are that's like the two sides. I know you love Royal Blood. It's the two sides of my brain right there. Um, Oh, shit. There's occasional times in history when the perfect album drops at the time that it's needed to drop the most. And this summer, when all the protests were happening uh, over police brutality and everything was going on in the country, we're completely at this impasse of all this craziness happening and Run the Jewels 4 comes out, and it was just this perfect barometer of the moment that they somehow captured ahead of time. The timing was very eerie, because they didn't write those songs being reactionary to that moment in time. They wrote them a few months prior, but I think that goes to show that the anger that boiled over earlier this summer 
has been felt for a very long time. And just like knowing Killer Mike, like following Killer Mike and LP the way that I do, mm-hmm. Killer Mike is someone who really knows his shit. Like you can't, you can't pass him off as not knowing what he's talking about. Oh, he's incredible. But I mean, even the features on the record, they got Zach De La Roca back. They got uh, Pharrell Williams on the record. They got Two Chains. I, as a Run the Jewels fan, this was exactly the record I wanted. So I shout out RTJ. RTJ forever. Uh, go with your, with your third pick. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought that album up because, uh, like I said, I I stayed in the rock lane for my list, but that was definitely one of the hip-hop albums that I liked this year. Hell yeah. Um, can we talk about Foxtrot and The Get Down? Fucking or, right we can. Thank I mean, you very much. EP, not LP, but we can still talk about it because that's at the top of my list for Philly releases of the year. Let's go. Yes. Um. It's so weird that that feels like it was like six years ago. Um, <laughs> six it, decades ago? It was. It was I oh. think we move very quickly past things sometimes. Um, I'll say Zeros was cool. Like, and it was, it was a whole plan that we had had for like later on in the year. And we pulled the trigger on it because we just felt like it was time for music. Um, but following that up with Monster, which was the single that we put out in October. Yep. Monster is more indicative of what's, good, like what's going on moving forward. And I will say, um, if you're a White Stripes, Black Keys, uh, if you like the Hives, if you like the Strokes, if you like Kings of Leon, you want that New York, like, not, like, early, early 2000s. indie rock. But rock mix it. Tours. Yeah, exactly. Mix it with just some over-the-top guitar shit and two vocalists and saxophone. That's what you're getting with what we're doing right now. And I was talking to Sarah before this about the fact that we're back in the studio already. Love it. I'm I'm very excited for the future, and I'm very happy with what we did this year. Four singles, an EP, 67 episodes of a podcast, three documentaries. You should be very proud. You've actually stayed motivated and active this entire time. That's not an easy thing to do in this shitty-ass year. I'm a lunatic. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we love you. Uh, if you want to talk about Philly albums, uh, Low Cut Connie, Private Lives, yes. fucking outstanding Adam never lets us down. Uh, it feels like a little bit of an expanded band. They have a lot of background vocals on this. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that band. I love Adam. I love Loka Kani. And You've I really. Seen them live, right? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. So fucking. Just making sure. Yeah, we Everyone did. Everyone needs to. We did XPN Fest with them uh, right. last year, and they were on the stage over from us, like right after. He's a, he's a madman. It's un it's unfucking believable. I've been he's crawling I've been, all over his piano. It, it just getting naked. Does yeah. what he does, it, 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 but it just feels natural. It's yeah. What should be going on in a logo comedy right show? That energy. That's what he does. Unbelievable. Another person who has stayed pretty active in 2020 doing live streams from home that are really entertaining. Yeah. One of the only people who could do a live stream from a phone and make you feel the energy of being at a concert. It's yeah. to me like the weirdest part about doing any live stream anything was the lack of us being able to do our thing. And mm-hmm. I find it amazing that Adam and Will, the two in the band that were doing the live streams, it, I started sweating watching him do what he was doing. <laughs> That's commitment. It's like being a really good actor in a certain perspective. Like, even, no matter how outlandish you feel doing it in your living room, he just goes for it. And I thought that was outstanding. A few of my performer friends have brought this up with me over these past few months about how, like, yeah, I would like to do more live streams, but it just feels weird because you're not getting that reaction. And I'm like, how do you think doing radio is? I'm literally in a room by myself. I'm saying some shit. And I'm hoping that someone is yeah. reacting to it. And I get delayed reactions via like texts and tweets and stuff, but I don't yeah. have them face to face. So it's just, it's kind of funny that that's what I've been doing 
my whole career. Yeah, it's People kind of, get freaked out when they don't have that feedback. For us, like we did um, one live stream that we really loved that we did with Rec Philly. Uh, and it mm -hmm. was with them in Next Gen. It was, a, it was like a get out to vote kind of a thing. But they had uh, Rob, actually Rob, our front of the house engineer, running sound. They had three cameras. We were on a stage, smoke, lights. And we also had our tour manager in the room. We had Dave from Rec Philly in the room. So it almost felt a little bit like a show. So I was losing my mind. I was jumping around. Let me around. hear you in the back. Woo! Yeah, exa no, exactly. It's exactly what it was. So <laughs> it was like one person just got Better than like, nothing, right? Yeah. Well, it also helped. There was like a bottle of gin that was uh, consumed before we did it. So mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. we, we got so The voices in your head. So uh, <laughs> Loka Connie was my local pick. Let's move on to go back to your metal list. Okay. Where do I want to go? So many options. There really are. You know what's up near the top, near Code Orange, is Deftones. Oh, hell yeah. So Deftones and I have had a complicated relationship. I, whenever they put out an album, I always like, like every other song on it. Mm. Until this year. I never felt like there was a Deftones full album that I love. But like Jackson, Ooh. who I work with in the afternoons here at MMR, he loves White Pony, which celebrated its 20th anniversary this year. Like he yeah, loves yeah. that as an album. And then I've got, um, uh, what was the one before that? I think Around the Fur, a bunch of my friends love that as an album. I just never caught on to it. But I love Deftones and I love going to see them live. Right. This album, I love front to back as an album. It feels cohesive. It feels heavy. It, it's got the electronic balance in there. And I don't know, I, I think, and um, Chino Moreno, their singer even said, we just felt good and on the same wavelength while recording this. And it really shows, the album is called Ohms. That was a, uh, a, a lot of talk in our rehearsal studio this week when we were talking about this kind of stuff was the new Deftones record. And I did, I did see the White Pony just released its 20th anniversary, mm -hmm. which is sick. That's a band that I have not spent enough time with, but I've got to listen to the new record and I really liked. So I yeah. thought that was a great pick right there. Now's the time. If you haven't gotten into Deftones, get into Deftones now because they you finally well. Uh I'm going to go with, to me, uh, one of my favorite records of the year. He's a guy who is from Philly, lives in L.A. now. Uh, his name's Mondo Cosmo. Okay. Who I'm a fucking huge diehard fan of. Um, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club did a lot of the backing on this because it's one guy. His name's Josh Ostrander. Mm -hmm. and he has a backing band on the road, but he broke his hand before the making of this album, so he had a bunch of musicians come in and help him lay the record down. And it was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Butch Vig, the producer for... Nice. He's in Garbage, produced the Foo Fighters yeah, yeah. and Nirvana, and the record's fucking incredible. It's, it's really, really great, and I've been lucky enough to tell him to his face that how much I love the record. Huh. Uh, but it just gives you kind of... The, there's some stones in there, but there's also a lot of, like... LCD sound system and fucking Radiohead and but then they're just listen to the record. It's called New Medicine. It's fucking outstanding. So that would be one of my top picks of the year. And it was dead in the middle of the pandemic, and it still caught me like that. So New Medicine by Mondo Cosmo. I know of Mondo Cosmo. Did not know that there was a new album. So thank yeah. you for enlightening me. Yeah, it's give give it a whirl. Okay, I'm gonna after I, the uh, Fiona Apple album. <laughs> <laughs> what is what were what was a hip hop pick for you or a pop pick for you besides uh, RTJ? I liked Halsey. Okay, that album. Yeah, she was on a lot of stuff this year. Yeah, and she released an album of her own. 
I didn't uh, get into it. I, I really like her voice. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of my top pop picks. Also, Mike Shinoda oh, yeah. uh, of Linkin Park, who now does solo stuff, he, over the summer, dropped this series of instrumental albums called mm. Dropped Frames, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Oh, sweet. So he's, he, can, he can be whatever genre musician he wants. He's a freaking genius. I know we talked about Linkin Park last time I was yeah, on this yeah, podcast, yeah. so I'm not going to get into that whole <laughs> uh, rabbit hole again. But Dropped Frames, uh, and I don't listen to a lot of instrumental albums, but that was a really nice one to just have on while I was working. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them he composed live on Twitch. Oh, cool. And then just mastered them and put them on the album. That's what I, because when you mentioned that, I was like, I had heard about this. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that he was doing this over Twitch during quarantine, which I thought was a really cool creative idea. Uh, before we move on from Halsey, I just wanted to bring up, I became a huge Halsey fan this year because uh, she was outed as having a secret Twitter where she basically just tweets about the NBA all the time. Wait, uh, yeah, it's the name of the Twitter. By the way, she did a terrible job of hiding it. Is at <laughs> is at Halsey and one like in a, you get fouled in an NBA game and one. And uh, somebody at, at Barstool Sports found this Twitter and outed her and was like, "Yes, I have an NBA take Twitter." And I was like, "I follow it now." And I'm like, "Holy shit, she's like really in on the NBA." So who's her team? Uh, Lakers. So, okay. Not my favorite, but whatever. It is what it is. I'm an oh. NBA guy, so I was excited. So, wow. Uh, all right. So those out. are two. Those are two good picks. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. Ooh, I got some good ones here. See, I'm gonna hard. go. It's really hard to narrow it down. I'm gonna go Phoebe Bridgers. Let's go Punisher. Okay. Uh, I became a huge Phoebe Bridgers fan. The quarantine has been so long that I went through a Phoebe Bridgers phase, got burnt out, and got back into her all during quarantine. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Motion Sickness was the song that got me into it and then she dropped Kyoto which was the first single from this record mm -hmm. and then I went back through everything and it's not something that you're going to listen to at the gym let's put it that way it's not like no, it's not going to get you off for this but I love some moody songwriting man I really do and she, if you're looking for what Phoebe Bridgers does it's a fucking perfect record I just was a big fan of what she did this year very moody, very sentimental yeah. I find it interesting that she was also a uh, again, I forget if it was Rock Performance or Rock Album nominee at the Grammys, but I'm surprised that they didn't put this in the alternative category. Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, the same thing. Again, we, we just covered how, like, rock has no bounds and all this stuff, but I was yeah. a little surprised that it was part of the rock category when Ever there's an alternative category sitting right there that it would have fit, in my opinion, a little better in. I mean, did you look at the year-end rock alternative, like, most played songs, and, like, one of them was a band? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I don't know that the industry necessarily has its finger on the pulse of exactly what rock and roll is. Either way, I'm just happy to see her get her flowers in a certain perspective because it's a really cool record. Yeah. Um, I agree. Give me another one. What do you got? What was the? Should we go back to metal? Let's go back to metal. Let's go back to metal. Yeah, that's an easy one. Let's go back to metal. <laughs> <laughs> got here. I'll give some props to some. Uh, OG metal. We've got Ozzy Osbourne, who released an album right before the pandemic hit. I believe it was in February, Ordinary Man. And look, Ozzy's old, right? Yes. No bones about it. Ozzy's old. So I wasn't sure how this was going to turn out, if it was going to be super auto-tuned, if they were basically propping him up in the studio. But it has a really good energy to it. Um, the songwriting is great. Andrew Watt produced the album, um, and he's an excellent producer. Post Malone. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, so I really like that album. 
Uh, and it's all over the place too. You've got like your sort of crazy train fist pumping songs and then you've got your more mama I'm coming home type of ballad. So I really like that. Was he going to tour that record? He was already in the midst of touring. It, oh, wow. It was his quote unquote farewell tour, but it was oh, taking okay. so damn long that I was like, this, this isn't a farewell. You're just touring until you die. There's and no whatever, such thing fun. as a farewell I, tour. If the Rolling Stones has ta- have taught us anything, a there's never a farewell tour just keeps going. Yeah. Same thing with Kiss. It's just going and going and going and going and going. Um, but ACDC also released an album and it's everything that you want. ACDC. On my list. Fuck it yes, is, it is. Yes. It's just in the chaos the harsh chaos that has been 2020 acdz is just like that rock and roll blanket that you're like oh consistency this is man. familiar and nice at least you know what you're listen yes in the same perspective we could talk i talked about ozzy being burnt out there was a period of time to where acdc when i was a kid was the band in my house like it was my dad's favorite band like i fucking love acdc they rule and there was a period of time a couple of years ago where I was like, I can't listen to If You Want Blood, You Got It again. And then <laughs> I don't know what happened this year, but I think um, Have a Drink on Me came on while I was doing something. And I was like, I forgot the ACDC existed for a year. And then I went back this year and it's probably the number one thing on my Spotify. So the new record was really good. I really yeah. actually enjoyed it. It, was, it felt like a classic ACDC record. Very reliable. Very reliable. Sad that Malcolm is no longer with us. Rest in peace. But the riffs are there. Uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson sounds Ready good. Delivery is there. He does sound good. Yeah, he had some sort of like experimental uh, procedure on his hearing that could have either made him even more deaf or fixed it. And it fixed it. So, yay, it works. I need to get his phone number because I'm sure that in 10 <laughs> years I'm also going to need that. You might need that, yeah. I, I love standing in front of loud amps, and it's so bad for me. Uh, I'm picking an old guy, too, for okay. my, my next pick. Uh, I have waxed poetic about this album, and you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> there it is. All right, you know it, I know it. Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band with their new record, Oh My God. So good. Letter to you. I broke it down song by song with Bruce Warren. For a 71-year-old man, he slays. And I'm so happy that Bruce is still doing what he's doing. Um, Now that we've gotten this far in, let's start going rapid fire because we are running towards an hour and we could do this forever, but let's go. So uh, give me, you do one, I'll do one, you do one, Ah, I'll do one. There's so much pressure. Wait, uh, you start, you start, you start. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go with the Killers, Imploding the Mirage. Felt like it was their best work in a long time. I would like to add that that's one of those albums where you can tell that it's influenced by a lot of classic rock. I hear a lot of U2, a lot of Peter Gabriel, but they make it their own. So oh, that yeah. And shout out to Adam Granducial from The War on Drugs who helped produce a lot of that. Oh, no shit. Fucking monster. Billy in the house. So, Excellent. all right. Imploding the Mirage, what do you got? I have Idols. They're a band from the UK. Yeah, do you like them? Fucking love Idols. Oh, you Dude, just my- so Ultramano is amazing. It's angry. It's everything I wanted the new Idols album to be. And I can't wait to see them again. I saw them at Union Transfer about a year ago, and it blew my tiny mind. If you like Idols, I would go to, to Fontaine's DC. Okay. Uh, band out of... Band out. Holy shit. Dude. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, other than that... That's a really interesting way to wear uh, headphones, by the way. I'm just trying to keep one ear on one ear off so i can hear you i have you coming out of my speaker so oh, gotcha. um i would also say britney howard uh her solo release was fucking awesome and also in rock genre i would say monovision by uh ray la montaigne okay if you like who would i if you like ccr 
this is a very CCR album, and it's fucking so... It's recorded like it's in the 60s. It's mono. It's out of one fucking speaker. So everything sounds super old school. Sick album. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I've also got Miley Cyrus on here, Plastic Hearts. That's still very new. It's only like two weeks old, but as you and I mentioned earlier, uh, she's got a rock and roll soul, some really great guests on that album, Billy Idol, Joan Jett, and it's catchy as hell. Hell yeah. Great pick. Uh, pop version, After Hours by The Weeknd. Uh, he was the biggest artist of the year. He's got 67 million monthly listeners on Spotify. And somehow not nominated for a Grammy, but we won't even get into that. The mm. Grammys gave him the option of either playing the Super Bowl or playing the Grammys, and he chose the Super Bowl, and they said, fuck you, you're getting no nominations. Bullshit. Uh, it was a great album. Yeah. Shouts out to The Weeknd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm going to list off three rap albums real quick because my nerd side's coming out here. Do it, do it. Uh, Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. Really great fucking record. Uh, a Written Testimony by Jay Electronica, which basically was like his debut album, but it also Jay-Z was featured on every single song. So it was like All a right. joint album. And for me, anything with Jay-Z on, it's going to go on my list. And the deluxe version of Revenge of the Dreamers 3 by Dreamville. It's J. Cole's collective of a bunch of talents down in Atlanta. Untouchable. Can't beat it. So those are my Never last even three. Heard of oh. it, but your enthusiasm is contagious. I love hip hop. I can't, I can't deny I it. I know you too. Uh, also, shout out to Mac Miller, Circles. His posthumous album came out. I'm a diehard Mac fan. Rest in peace to Malcolm. I listened to it. When it came out while I was in Los Angeles, and I drove around that entire week to that album, so I have a very crystallized memory of what that album means to me. Mm-hmm. I hope we get it's a more. moment of time. I hope we get more is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, Sarah, they- give me like one or two more picks. Uh, I'll give you one more Philly album pick, and that is Soraya, Dig Your Roots. Good dudes. Yeah, they're amazing. And another band that have been just cranking out the content this year when it's very easy to just want to crawl under the covers and do nothing, they're doing a lot. So definitely follow Soraya if you don't already. Uh, so the Bill and Ted 3 soundtrack is pretty dope. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard it, but it's definitely, I don't know if we're counting soundtracks in our favorite albums, but if we are, it's got Weezer, Lamb of God, Mastodon, Fiddler, and of course Wild Stallions. You got to check it out. was something that one of our producers texted me last night that yep. he was like, yo, if you like want to go with like a heavier feel, we should talk about Fiddler. And I was like, I know Fiddler, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Cheap Fear is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I fucking love Fiddler. Shout out to yeah. surf rock meets fucking hardcore. I love Fiddler. Yeah, same. Um, and uh, speaking of Lamb of God, they also put out an album. Um, Lamb of God are one of my favorite metal bands of all time. It's classic Lamb of God. If you like that kind of music, groove metal, you're going to like this. And that is self-titled. Also, what do you think of Pearl Jam's new album? My initial reaction was I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, when the first song dropped, which was, what was the first song that came out? Dance of the Clairvoyance. That's what it was. And I was like, okay, well, this kind of feels like it's a little more techno-y. Not techno-y, but Dancy. more electronic. Yeah. And then I went back, and I, this once again goes to the fact that I went on a big, big Pearl Jam kick throughout the year. Um, the self-titled album with the avocado on the front, Life Wasted is was the model for, if, once again, now if we're talking about new Foxtrot shit, Life Wasted was like the model for like two of the songs. I just wanted something pure ignorance, and Life Wasted is fucking just energy. So gotcha. that in the, got me back into Gigatron, which was the new album. Mm-hmm. I dug it. I love Pearl Jam. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's Pearl Jam. I feel like they can do no wrong, especially in this city. Philadelphia loves Pearl Jam so much. Fact. Fact. 
Um, uh, I, I have one, I mean, I have many albums on this list, but there's one more band that I wanted to mention, but it's actually two in one. So in February, Green Day put out an album, Father of All Motherfuckers. And yes. Green Day is in my top three bands of all time. I'm a huge Green Day fan, so they can do no wrong in my mind. Um, it's a great album. It's kind of, uh, how do I describe it? It's definitely got a pop punk influence, but not, I guess, punk pop is the better way to describe it. You can dance to it. It still rocks. But then they also put out an album as The Network, which is I a secret that. side project. And it's the funniest shit because The Network, and I'm using air quotes here if you're listening and not watching, created Instagrams and like all these alter egos and they've been like talking shit on Green Day and then Green Day will fire back from their actual accounts. So they're like talking shit on each other, but it's them and you know it. So it's just hysterical. And it's like a new, the network album that is, is like a new wave album. And if you listen closely, you can tell it's Green Day, but it's just so much fun. Green Day is a band that I really fell in love with this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't explain how much Green Day means to me from like a young age. Like, cause I mean, once again, we're talking about, we're almost the same age. We're about the same age. So American Idiot saved mid 2000s rock and roll to me. It's a fucking yep. rock opera, whatever. But like, even before then, everything leading up like international super hits, like just their collection of, they taught me harmonies. Yes. Uh, they taught me how to take something mean and make it poppy. And mm -hmm. The Father of All Motherfuckers album is really cool, actually, to me, because I love the fact that a lot of it is in this falsetto that Billy Joe Armstrong's doing. He's trying something different. And it, he took kind of cues from, like, I want to say Portugal the Man and, like, other bands like that where they were singing in this and fostered the people but made it fucking mean. I thought it was a really cool album. You know, I, I never drew that comparison, but now that you say it, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're and just well. top of their game. Like yeah. the, and they never stop releasing music. Billy Joe never fucking stops. Yeah, yeah. he also did the uh, Quarantine cover series, too, and those were all fantastic. I even love the record that he did with uh, Nora Jones forever. Yeah, yeah. The Everly Brothers, uh, Nora Jones has my heart forever. Like, uh, to me, like, one of the most talented human beings to ever walk the earth. So <laughs> to have those two together made so much sense. And I just wondered if anybody else was listening to it and being like, these are the most depressing fucking songs of all time. This is, this is the birth of emo. The Everly Brothers were just writing songs about people dying all the time. That's so true. Yeah. We, anyone who's listening right now, we already gave you a ton of albums to dig through. But if you go, I, I think that was released like four or five years ago. Nora Jones and Billy Joe Armstrong just covering a shitload of Everly Brothers songs. Go it's listen the to people it. Need it's it. great. It's for the culture, ladies and gentlemen. It Jones. really is. <laughs> I will say that if we've learned anything through this conversation, there was a lot of good music this year. I'm sweating. A lot of good music this year. We went through I'm a lot of those ones now. that we didn't go over, but regardless, we gave people a nice blueprint of what 2020 was. Uh, Sarah, this will not be the last time that you're going to be on this podcast. We're going to have you back whenever you're available. You are always welcome on this podcast, which, by the way, we have announcements to go about the podcast. I was going to call it the Kill Your Internet Podcast. We don't know how much longer it's going to be called that. There might be a little brand change. We'll go into that later, but Ooh. whatever it is called, you are welcome back on forever. Um, what do you have because do you guys have anything planned for the end of the year like any any different programming stuff are you guys doing a big new year's thing or a big like countdown for for the new year or anything like that so camp out for hunger is out of the way um preston and steve's christmas miracle broadcast is imminent but that might be over by the time this podcast comes out but they also have a podcast so if you miss it you can catch up with it that way we are doing our top 25 songs of 2020 which our listeners can vote on and I believe when this gets published, uh, the voting will be live. 
So go to WMR.com, vote on your five favorite songs of the year, and then we're going to play them back at 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve, and then on New Year's Day at 3 p.m. with me, in the order that you, Philadelphia, or beyond, vote on. And you're, you're doing Sundays now, right? Three to seven? Mm-hmm. That's your news? I was listening the other day, and that was a conversation that went on. Uh, where you were talking about how you're going to be on from three to seven on Sunday. So I thought I'd bring oh, yeah. that back up. So if you want to catch <laughs> yes. Sarah Parker on the air by herself, Sundays, you catch that. She's on every day with Jackson. She's deciding what you're listening to on MMR. And she is a friend of the band and a truly terrific person. Sarah, I want to say thank you for coming on and we'll have you back soon. All right. Yes. I want you to do a version of the best of 2020, but like all the hip hop stuff that I don't know about so that I can listen to it and add it to my queue. I also want to say that I will gladly play POD at your funeral for you. I'm glad that somebody saw that and brought that up. That was my favorite thing ever. I I hated you for that, but I loved it too. We just did um, uh, worst Christmas songs ever. Nice. And we're doing best Christmas songs ever next week. Do you have a Christmas song that like you hear and you instantaneously want to drive into traffic? Drive into traffic. Like just some, for me, it's grandma got run over by a reindeer. I hate that song. Yeah. I don't like that one either. I know that the one that I love is Christmas is the time to say I love you by Billy Squire. Awesome. That's definitely my favorite. Billy Squire's the shit. Really is. I would say my favorite Christmas song is Merry Christmas Baby, either done by Otis Redding or Bruce Springsteen. Either one is cool. Or I like Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder. This is another oh, one that too, yeah. So, all right, Sarah Parker, we will see you soon. Thank you for coming on today. Love you, Colin. Love you, dude. All right, so that was our friend Sarah Parker. Great job as always. Her list was insane. She's got a lot of metal on there, a lot of rock. She picked us as one of her Philly picks. So, actually, as her top nice. Philly picks. So, shout out to her. It made me actually think that or that Zeros was actually still this year, which is insane to me. It feels like it was nine years ago. But regardless, oh, we talked God. about the new music coming out. Thank you, Sarah. We will have you back soon. Before we go, we're not doing a coronavirus survival guide today. We are just going to go over a few of the other picks for albums of the year, things that we might have skipped over. Uh, guys, you'll hear the rest of my picks, but I, I said my album of the year was Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bowl Cutters. Thought it was fucking outstanding. Crazy avant-garde shit. Uh, other than that, I said RTJ4 would be my other pick. I love that fucking record. I just, I love Run the Jewels. So those are my yeah. like two main ones. Uh, do you guys have any others to pick out? Ken, did you have one? Uh, for me, it'd probably be the new Biffy Clyro album. Um, it's been a theme recently, bro. Yeah, it's just been on my rotation heavy. It's probably my favorite album. That and The Killers. The new Killers album, I liked a lot too. I mentioned that. I can't believe it didn't get any noms. So shout out to The Killers. Shout out to Biffy Clyro. Jimmy, anything for you, buddy? Yeah, I got the uh, the newest Tame Impala album. Uh, so good. So it's good. So early, rough. early in 2020, but <clears throat> yeah, if we could still remember it. Still you could have told it. me that came out five years ago, and I believe you. I would have believed it too. <laughs> I thought I went to their concert 17 years ago, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Parker, man. He's always on top oh, of Oh, dude, he's got it going at Boss and Nova. What's that? Oh, my God. The one song from that record. Uh, uh, Lost in Yesterday? No, I'll, I'll have to like look it up. But there's one of those songs on that record that are just absolutely fucking unbelievable. Uh, Will, did you have anything? Will, I, I, I just expect Will to pull some like crazy shit out. Will, what do you think? I'm super excited to say that the album that is my favorite from this year is also nominated to actually win album of the year at the Grammys. What was it? And it is, it is Jacob Collier's Jesse volume three. Dude, I saw a lot of people mad about that. Oh, well that means they haven't listened to it. It just means they haven't listened to it. Mm -hmm. I, I swear to you, like the, the level of, 
production, the level of arranging musicianship just across the board. Jacob Collier killed this album. It's the it's volume three in a four part series. I can't wait for part four. But like the features, like you know, I had a list, but like you know, Ty Dolla Sign, um, T Pain was on there. Daniel Caesar's on there. Tori Kelly's on there. Tank and the Bangas is on there. Oh shit! It's 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 insane. Um, Damn. And anyone like I'm so I'm so happy that it was actually nominated because it's something that I totally thought would be overlooked but it's not and that makes me very happy there you um, go. and then you know the only other one i thought of was terrace martin um most famous for producing for kendrick lamar yep um album called dinner party has robert glasper on it has Ooh. ninth wonder on it felix kamazi washington playing saxes on it. so their whole squad martin. wait was that the one with um the leon bridges song on there no uh, what was it what was it, it was a Yes. Yes. That's a fucking bad on there. Mm-hmm. That record's great. Did that get nominated for anything? Um, I think it was nominated for uh contemporary R and B. That shit was hot, dude. Um, those are all really great picks. The ones that I didn't have on there. Jimmy, the song is Is It True from Tame and Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Banger. Is that what you're uh, looking up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then let's think about albums that sucked. I want to shout out Six Nine for putting out a bullshit album called Paddle Tales. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Tory Lanez probably also gets a fuck you after the whole situation that he went through and then released an album to try and capitalize on the public <laughs> the public knowledge of fuck you, Tory Lanez. Aliens are still looking for you guys. Uh, that was a throwback <laughs> to an earlier episode of the podcast. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. There wasn't like anything that like shockingly was bad to me. Like nothing that like right off the top, I'd be like, man, fuck that. No. Like, the Weekends album was bang. I mentioned that. That that's a fucking great have. album. Uh, I did not mention uh, Metro Boomin and Twenty One Savage for Savage Mode Two. Shouts out to Morgan Freeman for narrating the entire album. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other than that, uh, I, I mentioned a ton of a ton of album. I mean, I had thirteen written down, so th- I I gave thirteen. Damn. Sarah gave thirteen, and uh, we went like that. So that was big. Uh, and then yeah, of course, zeros and monster and all the other shit we released this year. Getting ready for the next one. I did have written down over here that we should talk about this week's sessions. Jimmy, Ken, you were there for that. Shit's coming together heavy. I'm really excited. Will, fuck you, dude. You don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to give myself a shout-out for finally getting a song through to Jimmy that I've been trying to get a song through to Jimmy for months now, and it was a very simple fix. And the fix I was, just hit a year, Erica. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is when I'm doing these demos and I'm giving them to people, I'm singing the parts that are also Erica's parts, and Jimmy was just like, I don't know what the fuck this bullshit is. And he came to the studio, <laughs> and me and Erica, I was singing Erica's harmony part, and she sang it, and I sang my harmony under He goes, whoa, what the fuck was that? And I was like, Jimmy, that version's been in the Dropbox for months, you dumb fuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's been like that the entire whoa, time. Whoa, 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 don't attack me for it now. It sounded like shit when you sang it. Now, listen, know. hold on a second. There's also a version you haven't heard yet with Will's horn parts in it, and that John is fucking a slapper. So I just want to give him a shout out to that. But if you're a fan of guitars and you're a fan of loud shit, you're gonna love this new music. So just want to point that out. Keep teasing it. Why the fuck not? Uh, next week will be the last round of the '60s for the podcast. We're heading into '70s soon. That'll be towards the end of the year. Jesus, unbelievable. I've worked. Been a busy year. I work. Busy year. And we obviously have news that we want to break with the podcast, but we can't get We will eventually, but I can't talk about it now. Uh, enjoy the Kill Your Internet podcast while you can, because we don't know how long that name is going to stick. We'll get into that as well. Uh, 
For the rest of the band, I am Colin. Guys, anything you want to say before we head out? Peace. Also, <laughs> peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love Cheers. you guys. Fuck you. <laughs>